Welcome to the Warning Track Power Hour. Uh, we're here this week with a very special <laughs> special episode. Uh, we're going to be just uh, previewing the Chiefs game today for the Thursday night game. Uh, and today we're a little bit different anyway, but um, before, previous to this week, I've always been joined by my co-star, Dr. Michael Warman. But today he's being replaced. Uh, from here going forward, we'll be joined by Dr. Michael Warman Esquire, Mike. Congratulations on passing the bar exam and oh. your next steps. Oh, thank you. Uh, yeah, so I passed the Pennsylvania bar exam uh, or I passed the bar exam in Pennsylvania. So I have to get I and I will be um, and, and have been an approved uh, for Pennsylvania uh, to, to be on the to be part of the Pennsylvania Bar Association. Uh, so I could legally let have legally be legally licensed in Pennsylvania, but that's still a little bit away. But I've been recommended for it, so like it's just it's just I just have to get a form signed and 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 filled in. I passed all of the background checks and all the things like that. But I'm working going to be working in Maryland for a judge, so I would also now probably need to apply for licensure in Maryland. But um, for now, uh, just Pennsylvania is 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 fine. So, but yeah, I well, how long does that does that take between passing the exam and having to get your licenses well it depends on the state i guess so my, my exam was in july i just got the results last week and i have to mail i have to get some i have to get a, an attorney and a judge to kind of sign off on it and then mail the stuff in and, and that'll be hopefully done by the end of the month so but now i can yeah I, it's just paperwork yeah. though it's really all i can call myself an attorney now since i've been at least uh recommended and approved to I, I had to pay a hundred bucks uh yeah so but basically that's that's it so yeah I, I, I'm I'm yeah I'm a I'm a lawyer now rather than just a JD right right but now and now you can add the Esquire, Esquire to Dr. The Esquire yeah or Doctor. JD PhD either one right uh, yeah Nice. Congratulations. Thank you, sir. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, and to celebrate, I got this. Uh, I guess if you're listening to it on the podcast, you can't see it, but it's the classic uh, Nike Chevron um, uh, quarter zip Andy Reid sideline shirt with the generous back venting um, and performance uh, fabric. But um, it's not quite as, I don't know, it looks a little different on a man of my uh, girth than uh andy andy reads so but it's still it's still a fun shirt to wear and i could um so i'm gonna wear it tonight during the i'm gonna wear it uh on thursday during thursday's game and hopefully yes. it will be uh not tossed in the in the trash if if the uh chiefs end up losing somehow to the denver broncos which i think is possible but unlikely you should, hope you should, um, will the height of the zipper indicate your concern level um during the game like the uh low the lower it is the more casual you are and the more concerned you are at the game's quality or the chief's performance like it will, it will get zipped up tight well, well i guess i would yeah if i guess if i was if it was outside or something i would want it high up if i was at the game but i like it lower but then it covers up the chief's logo if the, the collar uh dips down too far which yeah they should have put this logo right there a little lower and, maybe little lower they should somebody should somebody should, hopefully somebody was fired for that one <laughs> kind of like on your shirt because your your logos down a little bit lower on like the heart level rather than like on the collarbone level yeah, that is a little high especially yeah. with, with the collar yeah yeah it's it's uh anyway. yeah it's yes yeah. <laughs> that's, that's why yeah that's so hope maybe maybe in 
future years models will be fixed. Uh, but until now, that's this is the best we can do. So get to work on it, Nike, to improve your product. There you go. Nike, get on that, right? Yeah, I'm sure. I know, I know Phil Knight and all of his uh, high-level staff are listening to the Warning Track Power Hour as we speak and are probably... So I bet maybe he has heads have rolled probably in uh, Nike headquarters uh, in in Oregon uh, since uh, you know we've even had a brief whisper of of, of discontent with uh, one of their products. So yes, perfect, and and a new mug it looks like though too. Oh, this is this is an old mug, but not old. Um, well, not old, but like a year old. Um, my see you later litigator mask mug but i'm not yet a litigator i'm gonna be a law clerk um, so i guess there will be litigating around me but i will not work you do may contribute to litigation or yeah i will do work on will be used during stuff. litigation i usually just you know, i'll help the judge uh i might even write an opinion or two so yeah um, that right. would be my opinion even though it says judge so-and-so so yes it would be mine well, you get a scribe. He probably would tell me what to decide, but then I'd have to like reason it or something. Yeah, or maybe I would write it and then convince him. But um, but either way, um, we should, yeah. But uh, the, the you know we need to be convinced, however, that the Chiefs are maybe contenders this year rather than just kind of adequate. I think, which is they've sort of been the, uh, this season. Um, before we talk about the Broncos game tonight, do we want to talk a little bit about the game in Minnesota on on Sunday? What did you think of the Chiefs Vikings game? The, the Chiefs won twenty seven to twenty. They yeah. covered the spread uh, five and a half, uh, which was ranged anywhere from three and a half to five and a half. Mm. But um, were you impressed by the Chiefs? Were you just glad to get out of there with a victory? What was your What was your impression of the game? I mean, I think I think they played a little bit better. They're playing a pretty strong team in Minnesota. At least they're, they've been in and around the playoffs. They won a lot of games last year. A lot of them were one score games. They played another one score game here against the chiefs. Uh, but the chiefs have, you know, had enough at least anyway to get through it. Um, the offensive line didn't maybe play quite as well as they did the week before. I think Mahomes was sacked a couple times, but um, not, you know, there weren't any penalties though this time, I guess. You didn't see the Jawan Taylor uh penalty uh extravaganza like we've been seeing yeah. earlier in the week. So maybe they've backed off a little bit on that, or maybe Taylor has tailored his game to today's standards. Possibly. Yeah. So yeah, but yeah, I was I was I'm kinda like you. I was I was glad they won. I wasn't that impressed. They should have won by more, and I think that's mm-hmm. what made the game uncomfortable at the end because it was part of what you've been calling the ARG ending, the Andy, the Andy Reid gentleman's home stretch, where once the Chiefs take a lead in the fourth quarter, they don't try to extend that lead in the fourth quarter. They usually just try to milk the clock. And in tr- just trying to milk the clock, they, vo- they often don't get the first downs that they need or the points that they need to put the game out of reach. And thus the game kind of came down to, you know, some uh you know, a potential last last minute drive by Minnesota. They didn't have much time left, but mm-hmm. still, they could have won the game. When they they were dealing with a bit of a, you know, maybe season changing injury with um, Justin Jefferson, so they were without him for the 
fourth quarter, I think. Yeah, for the little last part of the fourth quarter. But Especially in that last drive, most, at least. I'm sure they were. Mostly silent during that game because uh, yeah. McDuffie and Sneed held him down really well. He only had three catches for like 25, 28 yards, something yeah. like that. So he was really – the only time he was really mentioned was when there were penalties against him on that one drive when Sneed had a couple penalties in a row that were – one maybe one or maybe I think there were three penalties on that drive. Maybe one or two could have been deserved, but one certainly yeah. wasn't. And the there were four on that. Four, on the yeah. yeah. Maybe there there, were, there was at least it was a fifth penalty. I think on Minnesota even, but yeah, yeah, there was at least one that was definitely not a penalty on the Chiefs, and that may oh, yeah. have, I think, come into play at the very end when um, there was that no call and what could have been a pass interference penalty, but like really was just chucking the ball up to nobody in particular. And I think the. I, and I don't even think the receiver saw the ball until it was too late. And then to kind of half-heartedly tried to um, run toward it and hope for a flag. But yeah, that was the, that was the controversy on, online that the chiefs always get the calls, but uh, it just happens to be that, well, maybe they got a couple calls towards the end of the game sometimes, but, the, but yeah. it seemed like over the course of the game, um, more penalties are called on the chiefs than the Vikings, at least. It was a lot more. I think, what was it like yeah. 10 to three, I think was penalty somewhere in that area. Yeah, I, I don't remember the exact no. number, but yeah, it seems it's, it yeah. seems like it's yeah. I, I for for you know for picking at the end of the game, maybe you'll see oh, there's a penalty here that uh, supposedly decided it. But but also, I think that's part of that Andy Reid gentlemanly Andy Reid gentleman's home stretch problem that those penalties become magnified because they aren't trying to score points at the end; they're just trying to milk the clock and have the ball to kneel down at the end. And mm. why not be up by ten with a minute left rather than try to hold on to a seven point lead and take it down to zero and yeah. still have a seven point lead to make the kick it away with one minute, you know, be up by 10 with one minute, be up by 14 with one minute, you know, let the defense handle, you know, a full drive and then an onside kick and then another drive to score points. And like, you know, rather than just trying, it's, it's the odds are perfect if you have the ball and are kneeling down with it, but it's harder to get to that point than it is just to, stay ahead and you i don't know if you noticed the 49ers game against the uh cowboys when they were way ahead they didn't just slide down at the end of the like at the towards the end of the fourth quarter to milk clock when they had yeah. big plays they ran into the end zone and scored more points and they were just so I'd like well we're up by 30 points we don't care uh you know i think the chiefs need to do that more it would put you at ease or maybe that zipper level would be yeah. slightly lower on that on that a more leisure suit than yes um you know zipped up collar <laughs> yes exactly uh did you did you also notice that in college there was a game where uh one team should have kneeled down um last week i think it was miami georgia tech game where miami should have oh i didn't see game, that game. but they ran a play and then fumbled and um, then Georgia Tech scored a touchdown to win to win with like 30 seconds left. But had it's like there's that classic miracle just, of the Meadowlands. It would have been over, and the game yeah. would have been done, and and Miami would have won that game. But yes, but um, that's like running a play instead of like when when it's mathematically impossible. Why don't just know? Like this was it was like like in the early 80s. There was that what they called the miracle of the Meadowlands when the Giants all they had to do was kneel the ball down and decide to run a handoff into the line, and then uh, there's a fumble, and I think it was uh, uh, Herm Edwards who picked up the ball and scored a touchdown for <laughs> the Eagles at the very end of that game. Um, so, like 81 or something like that, late 70s, early 80s. Yeah. Uh, I think it was a Dick Vermeil era of the, yeah. of the of the Eagles coaching. But, yeah, sometimes the college, they, they like to run plays instead of kneel, 
maybe they haven't practiced the kneel thing. I don't know, but right. it seems like the victory formation with the kneel should only be done if you know the clock is going to run. But also, I think the Chiefs do it a little better sometimes in that they kind of run around and waste mm. a few more seconds and then kneel. Yeah. Uh, it hurts the um, over-under rushing yards of Patrick Mahomes betters quite a bit. It did in the Super Bowl a few years ago. Um, yeah. Anyway, yeah, so that was last week. This week, short maybe, week. Maybe one quick note um, about oh. um, Kelsey, though, too, had an, oh, yeah. took an injury at the end. Oh, of, yeah, that was, or, that was at very... the end of the first half um, for Kansas City, and maybe it was a little worrisome, uh, briefly at least, anyway, uh, where I think most of the Chiefs Nation was worried that Kelsey had a non contact injury, it might be somewhat serious, uh, but possibly okay. It sounds like he yeah, is. Yeah, it seems like he's at least. Well, it's a short turnaround, so he's not. He, he probably if the game was on Sunday, he'd for sure play. But it seems like he's probably going to play anyway. And he came uh-huh. back in the second half. I had thought maybe because they said he had gone to get X-rays. I thought maybe they thought he had broken something, yeah. and like a foot old foot injury that I had as a as a kid in like the eighth grade. I had a Jones fracture of my fifth metatarsal, and that was and it's that kind of roll kind of thing that on your on the side of your foot, kind of like that that. Uh, or uh, that Kelsey did that causes that. And because he, he did run off the field and you could sometimes jog a little bit when you have that sort of thing. So I thought it was that maybe, but it turned out that they said it was a kind of ankle hyperflexion type of thing, uh, um, sp- you know, sprain, twist, but not as bad as like what Patrick Mahomes did or, or anything mm-hmm. like that. So fortunately, I guess, you know, this is the playoffs. I think there'd be no question that, that Kelsey would just suit up and play, but. But maybe, maybe the Chiefs think, well, we're playing Denver. Maybe we'll give Kelsey a rest. Is that is that possible? Do you think, or do you think he's going to play? I. It seems like he's going to. From what it sounds like, that he's planning on playing. That's what that was the most recent report, at least from ESPN and their inside source. Um. So yeah. it seems as though he's planning on playing, but we'll see. Maybe maybe he'll be in a limited role, but maybe be out there as a decoy sometimes. I'm not sure. Hopefully yeah, it was, but, uh, if they think he's at risk for getting taking additional injury, he won't be out there. Yeah, it was it was kind of a bad luck for him on you know, on his birthday weekend because he had his birthday a few days uh, uh, one week ago uh, uh, from thir- one week ago Thursday of the game day. So uh, October fifth, he had his birthday over the week, and then uh, he hurt himself. You also had a birthday. You uh, are, are were turned forty five years old on on October tenth. Uh, do you feel wiser and? Uh, we're just older. A few, a few more gray hairs, I think, automatically came in. I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah. Overnight. Yeah. Or, uh, Woke up in the morning with more. Yes. Yeah, I didn't. I, I don't really notice, but, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's not quite like um, the end of the Indiana Jones uh, and the last uh, crusade where Walter Donovan took the drink out of the wrong cup and you could see him get older. Then he got the long hair and the beard that grew yeah. really fast. It was uh, it was basically that that was or like or like the reverse of what happened to um, Theoden, king of Rohan, when he uh, had his beard kind of uh, become younger after mm. he got rid of uh, that you know Saruman wor- worm tongue uh, curse thing or whatever it was, uh, and somehow his beard became more kempt as well. Do you remember that? Like it was kind of like, like one scene, like even when he came back, it was still a little bit disheveled, but then like it went away and focused again. His, his, his beard was perfectly uh, manicured uh, once again. So it, I don't, yeah, I hope 
Also, I hope somebody was fired for that blunder on Peter Jackson's uh, staff. <laughs> I bet. I bet that got a lot of uh, extra eyes on there after that. Yeah. You know, those those, those uh, Lord of the Rings fans are pretty uh, fastidious about what they uh, think should and should not be on screen. So yes. you, can that, you can see that with the Lord of the Rings TV show when they thought there were too many minority dwarves <laughs> on screen. I don't. I don't. I hadn't heard that. I guess I don't know. Yeah. No. No. Because the show. Because the because the show. Like uh, they were like, uh, you know, it was, co- it was sort of colorblind casting in like, yeah. on the show, and like so, some of the elves were black, some of the uh, dwarves were black, things like that, and mm-hmm. you know, it does kind of conflict with with Tolkien's vision because well, he envisioned it as kind of a white uh, European society that was overrun by the mongrel hordes of of uh, industrialization and uh you know who from from other parts of of the world perhaps but uh in in a modern telling probably that's not the best uh way to do it but yeah yeah that was that was the big gripe about the lord of the rings tv show on amazon was the multiculturalness of the dwarfs and it does I mean in some ways it does make sense because well how would an isolated village maybe here or there have all these different you know kind of ethnicities in the one village where i think maybe they you could say well maybe the, maybe the elves should be Asian and maybe the dwarves should be black and maybe the you know certain people should be white or whatever but um yeah. I don't I don't really see a big problem with it because it's 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 fantasy and made up but yeah so there it works for Star Wars where they have like rando uh people of every type of um kind of genetic background but there's always people though that make up the majority it seems like of a lot of these places unless you live right. like in the Wookiee land where it's all Wookies uh but yeah, yeah I, I don't I don't quite follow that either but this is how it is or the ewoks they're just ewoks there aren't any other ethnicities really i guess there are different colors of fur on the ewoks yeah but um it seems as though the ewoks had never experienced a per- they'd never seen a person before uh at least according to the return of the jedi yes correct so yeah no no, no. george lucas was not fired for any of those <laughs> blunders he made billions of dollars yes uh, we we're, were going to talk. We were going to talk about the Chiefs, the Chiefs Broncos game. We kind of uh, digressed. Uh, <laughs> so, do you, so, what did you think uh, of the other side? Of the, the equation, yeah, let's talk right? about the Broncos. Yeah. Well, how did what did you think of the Broncos game last week against? Well, the they're now one and four. They had they were zero and three, and then they won at Chicago the week previously, and then lost at home to the New York Jets. Which, on the face of it, maybe the Jets are playing a lot better, and Zach Wilson looked pretty good against the Chiefs, but. Um, given what uh, Sean Payton said in the offseason about basically the idiocy and the uh, lack of complete, you know, the you know, the, you know, there was an absence of coaching basically last year. He said it was just worst coaching job in the history of the NFL, I believe. Was yeah, the, that was what uh, the essence of the line. What um, Nathaniel Hackett supposedly did. When, you know, again, it couldn't have been because we have Urban Meyer and, and some other uh, even worse coaching mm-hmm. jobs for sure in the last couple of years. But Hackett was not very good. But it turns out maybe Sean Payton is not doing a whole lot better. Although he is getting us Russell Wilson to play a little bit better. They, Wilson's mm-hmm. stats have been decent. His rating, his quarterback rating is higher than Mahomes'. Is, uh, and the offense has been playing pretty well, but the defense has been atrocious. And, you know, they, yeah, they lost to the Jets at home um, without Aaron Rodgers on the Jets mm. with Russell Wilson on the 
Broncos. So and gave up think... 31 points in the game, and they may be yeah. dismantling their defense to some extent. I think they've already jettisoned one defensive player, maybe soon to be a second. Yeah, they got they had, uh, Orton, I think, uh, went to the 49ers, right? Mm-hmm. And was it Orton? I think uh, so. And and now Frank Clark may be on his way out as well. Yeah, yeah. Frank Clark um uh is you know former chief, former Seahawk, good playoff player for the Chiefs, maybe a lack little lackluster regular season player, but yeah, he might be available. Do you think the Chiefs should try to go for Frank Clark? It was Randy Gregory, I was thinking of Randy Gregory. Mm. Not Randy Orton, who was a wrestler. I don't know why I was thinking. There's, I was in. I think I, I think I conflated Kyle Orton, former Broncos Chiefs uh, quarterback, uh, with Randy Gregory. And yes, there probably, yes, wasn't there a Kyle, was there a Kyle Gregory that also played? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That sounds familiar too, but maybe it's Kyle Gregory. No, probably not. Mm. There's a minor Hollywood person named Kyle Gregory, mm. but. Probably That's probably little... who you're thinking of. Yeah, no. I... Minor Hollywood personality. <laughs> no, probably not. I was. I think I was just mixing up Kyle Orton and yeah, Randy Gregory. So there we go. Randy Orton, who was a professional wrestler. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Randy Gregory. But yeah. Um, so, what do you think of the Clark possibility? Um, I'm. Would you bring I'd be surprised, I think, if the Chiefs go after him. If, he, if he's still available maybe a few weeks later. I think they probably are just looking to see what they can get from Aminahieu when he finally makes Yeah, he hasn't played yet. I think week seven, I think, is when he's eligible to return, which is yeah, not that far away. It's only another... So it's after this game. Away. It'll be against the Chargers uh, on um, next Sunday, the Sunday the 22nd, I guess, will be. I think it's a Sunday night. I think it's a Sunday game um, that yeah. the Chiefs are playing the Chargers. So that could be a, another another important game for the Chiefs. So we're entering this kind of di- little di- little divisional stretch uh, yeah. for the Chiefs on this um, in these games. But yeah, I I, I think um, maybe maybe you want to bring back Clark. One one thing might be that George Karlaft, Karlaftis was uh, injured a little bit last game. He's questionable, so if maybe he has a lingering issue. We might you might need another pass rushing defensive mm-hmm. and. But there's another poss- another ex-chief out there that might be even more of a possibility for the Chiefs to bring back, and that is uh, Jets wide receiver now, uh, Nicole Hardman. Do you think Hardman would be a better fit for the Chiefs than Clark? If you had to pick one of those two, would you bring back Hardman or Clark? Well, it seems like Hardman's kind of fallen out with the Jets, and I think he's been like a healthy scratch the last couple of weeks even. Yeah. So, um, it doesn't seem like he's missing games because of injury. So, I mean, in theory, he's healthy and maybe ready i think frank clark's had a, an injury and now an illness i think that he's missing this week's game for yeah him. he's had that he's had kind of, i think he has like crohn's disease or something he has an illness that kind of pops up every once in a while especially mm. um and he has been having trouble holding like weight on because he has mm. intestinal issues and that makes sense you know you know anyone who's had something like that even if they haven't had as severe or a colitis or something whatever i'm not exactly i'm not a doctor i don't know exactly what um uh, frank clark has but i think it's something it's something that kind of gastrointestinal like I think. flare up and then yeah maybe make him um not able not being available for a week yeah probably get yeah, dehydrated and just just yeah. feel terrible 
Um, but also maybe he, he said illness because maybe they just were going to scratch him and they wanted to give a reason too. So it's hard to say maybe he would have played if he was in favor in Denver rather than out of favor. And it's, there was a tweet from Chris, Chris Jones where he, uh, he was trying to lobby for, for Clark Hunt to uh, bring Frank Clark uh, in. Yes. Um, a reunification of Clark's uh, right. to, to paraphrase uh, what uh, Larry Johnson uh, had once said about Chiefs ownership, calling them the Clarks. the Clarks. You remember that? No, I didn't. No, I'd forgotten about that. <laughs> yeah, Larry Johnson was talking. Like, he goes, "Oh, I, t- I spoke with the Clarks and or something like that." And then, or thanks to the Clarks for working my my uh, contract out or something like that. But it was, I guess he had thought his name was Hunt Clark instead of Clark Hunt. Uh, Maybe. Yeah. Wow. And yeah, I think it was after Lamar had died. Hmm. But yeah, the Chiefs. Uh, I, I I'd say Hardman is probably a little bit more of a possibility too. Maybe more needed anyway because yeah, he's a good return uh man and without um Richie James who he also had his adventures returning early on he had a Sky Moore-esque drop uh, I think Hardman is probably an upgrade uh to is it Montreal Washington is the return guy now he's like a mm-hmm. practice squad person that was been kind of called up and been returning kicks and things like Hardman is like an elite kick returner elite punt returner when he at least when he was younger he was all pro he was a first team all pro and I think also he's a pretty good receiver, even if he wasn't always on the same page as Mahomes and some of the deep balls, but he was a good gadget player. Maybe that could free up Tony from doing some of that stuff where he is more maybe injury prone than Hardman was. So I think that might be a uh, a good possibility, but I don't know if that's going to happen either. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it seems like the offensive um, wide receivers, at least anyway, haven't uh, quite fully clicked with mom so you know it seems like maybe there's more need on that the defense has been pretty good all season so you know it seems like there's maybe more need on the offensive side and a healthy hardman is is a positive you'd think to the in addition to the team anyway so yeah i i I like the heart i like actually both are fine i think i don't know how much money there's to go around but i think clark has gone down uh gone down to league minimum but hardman makes it a few million and i'm not sure exactly how the salary cap situation Apparently is clark uh clark just restructured his contract like last week and so his cap hit is very low apparently so. i think it's so he could in so he could entice potential yeah uh, trade, uh, trade yeah. partners and you know so it's also possible maybe seattle would want clark back because they're uh been been pretty good this year and they're uh you know well, you know always looking for defensive talent i wouldn't be surprised if Clark went back, if he didn't go back to the Chiefs, he might go back to the Seahawks. You know, but yeah, I think Hardman would be a good fit in in Kansas City, even if it might might say, well, we'll see less of John Ross, maybe, or or maybe and maybe it's less MVS because um, they they kind of over they have a bit of an overlapping skill set without uh, without the Scantling doesn't really return kicks though, so I think yeah. Hardman is more valuable. In that potentially, yeah, yeah. Well, I think the Chiefs are pretty heavy favorites today. Ten and a half points on the spread, heavy on the money line, minus five ninety right now. Yeah, over unders at forty six and a half. Are you picking any of these for your locks of the week, Mike? I am not picking any for the locks of the week simply because it's Thursday and it's unpredictable. And I have picked Thursday games before. I did a couple weeks ago with. Um, 
the the Lions and the and the and the Packers, but I thought the Lions were I think underdogs or maybe just very very slight favorites were much better than the Packers, and, and I happen to be right on that one. I think here the Chiefs are much better than the Broncos, but one of the things is that the Chiefs like to play games close, as we talked about before with the Andy with Andy Reid's gentleman gentleman's home stretch patented game end. Yes, I I don't trust the Chiefs with a big spread. So I don't trust them with a small spread either necessarily. They they want to squeak yeah. as close as it can be. So yeah, I if I had if I if I had to go one way or the, on it, I would say, well, I think the Chiefs are gonna not cover, but but win. Mm. Um, would you would you agree with that? Uh, I or agree across the board with you here, because I'm also not taking any of the Chiefs games uh picks um this week in my my subpar locks of the week as of late. Uh, but, uh, I do, I, I agree. Chiefs maybe not covering cause they don't like to seemingly score enough points to just, you know, blow those numbers away. Uh, I expect them to win though. So yeah, I'd expect them to win. I'd be very surprised if the Broncos won. She's thinking won 15 in a, in a row against the Broncos. Mm. Mahomes has never lost to the Broncos. I, I don't know necessarily that's always going to happen, but I think the Broncos are in a bit of disarray the Chiefs are going to be at home. So I don't, it'll take kind of a big meltdown, I think, for the Chiefs mm-hmm. to lose. I think it would be a Detroit, it would have to be on the same level as kind of the game against Detroit. And Detroit is a better team than Denver is right now. So I think even if the Chiefs, and again, the Chiefs almost beat Detroit that time. So I think they would, they would probably come out on top against Denver, even if mm-hmm. they did very poorly. So it would take, I think it would take some doing, but. Uh, never say never, but I would, yeah, I still yeah. think the Chiefs will win and probably not cover. As for the over under 46 and a half, I know that De- Denver's last def- defensively last and points allowed last in yards, but the Chiefs don't like to run up the score. And if the Chiefs defense mm-hmm. plays pretty well, well, you know, in my- which they have in every week, really, they have yeah. been pretty solid against everybody. Yeah, I, you know, I think it could be a, 27-17 game or 27-20 type of game. And so that would be 27-20 would be over. Mm-hmm. 27-17 would be under. Both of neither one would cover. Or it might be like a if it's a blowout, it might be 35 to 10 or something. And instead that still and that would still be under. Be. So I yeah. I I most of the I you know I I, I if I, I don't really have a good feel, so if I lately I've been just trying to do the under if I don't have a good feel. Yeah, I think the unders have done pretty well, with the exception of week two. Um, the unders have won in each of the five weeks. Um, yeah, better is usually like over. So I think five weeks. The unders. Usually, have... I think that's why Vegas usually likes to uh, entice, induce uh, over bets and. Mm. So it's more fun to be an over better than an under better. So, yeah, because it's always well, under until it's over. Well, especially in the, in the games that on paper look like they should be shootouts, uh, but then frequently those end up turning into some kind of struggle, though. Too sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. Sometimes it doesn't make sense. And a lot of the league, depending on how the uh, you know it's officiated, the games are officiated, then sometimes that gets taken away. <laughs> yeah, it's it's yeah. It seems like points are yeah that are. Yeah, it seems like the, the officiating removes more points maybe than it adds. I don't know, or at least slows the game down and maybe it hurts momentum and and mm-hmm. things like that. So I I don't 
I, yeah, I, it's hard to predict. And I think just, I just go with the under and I would, ideally I would like, I would like it to be under, well, not ideally I'd like it to be over and the Chiefs win by like 35 or something like that. But I think the ideal situation would be that Denver doesn't score very many points and the Chiefs score, you know, be 35 to three or something like that would be the, uh, and then that would still be under. So I don't think, because the Chiefs aren't going to run up the score. They've scored 41 this year. Uh, against the Bears, and that was almost because the Bears made them score that many points. They didn't want to yeah. score that many points, and I think so. <laughs> it was like they the Bears went for it in, third, in the beginning of the third quarter on their own side of the field, and then mm-hmm. Mahomes played that one series, and they scored forty one, and then they stuck uh, Gabbard in the rest of the game. And Gabbard, I think, thankfully for Andy Reid, did not score any more points. He maybe instructed Reid. I mean, Reid actually instructed Gabbard perhaps to. Uh, throw those interceptions so as to <laughs> allow the bears to come back a little bit to make it seem like less of a blowout. Yeah. It's my conspiracy theory that Andy Reid is the gentleman's uh, gentleman. And you're apparently pro that now you, you've switched to the uh, Andy Reid attire. I, I have switched to the Andy Reid uh, shirt and I will be very, I will open doors for, uh, for people uh, help, uh, Old old ladies cross the street, things like that. Uh, tip my cap to uh, anyone who uh, passes by and wish them a good morrow. And and uh, you know, I, I think that's just going to be the way things are from now on. If I wear this shirt, there you go. It's a whole different persona that your shirt a, provides to you. <laughs> it's a polite new world that we're entering. Yeah, there you go. Um, should we should we enter that polite new world now and uh, call it a, call it a day on the today's mini uh, Warren Trek Power Hour? Our morning track, half hour, maybe. Maybe it's extended even beyond the half hour. Maybe slightly past that, yeah. We'll we'll (laughs) be back, I think, on the weekend with uh, our typical full episode. Yes. Um, Minus this discussion here, but uh, yeah. I think we'll be back back, uh, this weekend previewing the games on Sunday and Monday. We'll also recap the previous week's action in more detail and talk about our betting highlights and, for me, mostly lowlights. And Dr. And Dr. Scaff's continued, uh, you know, sort of insights that are really le- leaving uh, the Vegas uh, odds makers uh, in a sort of angered tizzy because he is going to, you know, win money every week against uh, uh, those sharps down there. But I have been a sucker as usual. Uh, so, but until we'll talk about that next, we'll talk about the next uh, in the next uh, couple of days. But until then. I am Dr. Michael Orman Esquire. Uh, <laughs> Dr. Scaff told me to say that. Uh, he is Dr. Andrew Scaff. We are the One Trek Power Hour. Please like and subscribe to our little podcast, YouTube channel thing we've got going on here. And uh, thank you again for uh, tuning into this special episode this week. And until we meet, meet again, we will wish you good morrow. Oh, fancy.